Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. It's Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette. And Chachi's co-host, Beatles instructor at Suffolk University, David Galan. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to Get Back to the Beatles. As our announcer said, this is Chachi LaPrette, and I'm here with David Gallant, the Beatles instructor, longtime Beatles instructor at Suffolk University right here in Boston, Mass. Hello, David. How are you? Chachi, I'm doing great. Happy summer. Happy summer to you. Here we are in July. It's an important month, and uh, gee, Ringo's birthday and Yellow Submarine. But for those of you who may not have heard me before, I mean, again, my name is Chachi. I host Breakfast with the Beatles for millions of years here in Boston and New England. Saturday mornings on WUMB 91.9 FM, WUMB.org. And then Sunday mornings up in New Hampshire and Maine at 92.1 and 97.1, respectively, in Maine and New Hampshire. So here we are, Mr. Gallant, in the middle of the summer, and we're anticipating not only what Ringo's birthday is coming yep. up, Peace yep. and Love, July 7th, shares yep. a birthday with my wife, Stephanie. It's always good to have a birthday that matches a Beatle birthday. <laughs> and will you be saying Peace and Love at noontime? Uh, peace and Love at noontime. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing Ringo, who will be coming back to our area. Yes, September 17th. Uh, September 17th. And uh, looks like I will be taking my entire class, uh, oh. Suffolk University new freshman, uh, a week into the course. And uh, you know, studies have shown that uh, you have your greatest <laughs> impact on retaining your students within the first four to six weeks of a semester. So taking a Beatles class and seeing a Beatle hopefully will do it. Well, nine out of ten doctors... Agree. So right. good for you. And actually, we're doing a uh, what we did before when Ringo came to town. There'll be an art show downstairs at the Box Center coming in several days before the show. And then on the day of the show, the art show continues and there's Ringo art for sale. Purchase a piece of art. Uh, and it's they're signed and autographed by Ringo. And if you purchase a piece of art, you get a photograph and a meet and greet with Mr. Stocky himself. And I've done this whole procedure before and it happens. And Ringo, you get a picture with a beetle. So make sure you uh, check that out online. As the date gets closer, we'll have more info on the art show. But yeah, Ringo Starr, his birthday, and he's back in September. But also this month is very important. We are jammed with yellow submarine activities. It's, it's yellow submarine fever, Chachi. That's right. And uh, we are doing so much this month, David, you and I. We, we, before we started this podcast, we were making uh, arrangements for our Beatles night at the drive-in, at the Menden Twin drive-in for mm-hmm. Yellow Submarine. That will be coming up in, uh, in July, later in July. And then at the TCAN Center in Natick from July 14th to the 18th, Ron Campbell will be there where the film will run. There'll be an art show for Ron, uh, who was an animator on the film. And you can say hello, you can buy a piece of art, and then uh, I'll be hosting in a little Q&A with Ron. Most of those nights from the 14th to the 18th. <laughs> That's a long stretch when I live so far away from Natick. But nonetheless, it's going to be fun. And then, David, all these details, you and I will be at the Regent Theater Regent in Arlington. Theater. Yes, Regent Theater in Arlington. Uh, um, uh, for either, <coughs> Chachi, it would be either a, a, a pre-screening panel discussion or a post-screening panel right discussion. Right now it's post. It w- I will host the film, and then after the screening, you will be on the panel along with two Beatle illuminaries, notables, uh, Candy Leonard, author of Beatleness, who's been on this program, and then Eric Taros, Beatles film uh, collector and... Uh, He's just an amazing man. He worked on eight days a week as well. So he knows so much about the film, and uh, we'll have a panel discussion 
at the Regent Theater on July 27th, Friday night. So there are the details. But let's talk about Yellow Submarine. I know this is an audio presentation, but I brought stuff in to put us in the mindset. Because, you know, um, when, I worked in, uh, when I worked for ZLX, when uh, David Lee Roth came in, he did a, a week of morning shows at WZLX in Boston, and I produced the shows, and he would say to me, I want everything. First of all, it was February, and he wanted uh, palm trees in the studio. So I had to call friends to find out where can I get palm trees in February in Boston. And then he wanted uh, a table set up of all breakfast treats, you know, Pop-Tarts, donuts, and I said, well, what do you like to eat? And he goes, no, it's not to eat. It's just for the mindset. I want to be, you know, it's got to be summertime and lots of breakfast food. So in that mindset, I brought in some Beatles stuff relating to Yellow Submarine and the origin of the film. And, you know, and uh, it starts out, I guess, with the Beatle cartoons. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I was wondering where the palm trees are, Chachi. Uh, I got rid of them, of course. not quite that demanding. It is, it is <laughs> a challenge to uh, create... Uh, 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 verbally, a uh, uh, discussion envelope our environment to talk about Yellow Submarine, which is so reliant on color, the explosion of color, right, along with the music. So it is, it, it is a difficult film to talk about in some ways without having the visuals right at hand, right? Uh, but we're going to bring, you know, color to the discussion. And Chachi, you do have some uh, some fine uh, tribute there with the album, and, and that's why and I brought it to design. bring some color to our conversation. Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> you know the 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 cartoons as we know um, were uh, not were not well received in the UK. Uh, they were popular in the US, and the the origin of the desire to to create a Beatle cartoon, a Beatle animated film, as you're, you're saying this correctly, does come from. The experience of the Beatle cartoons, right? And this is how it was presented at first to Brian Epstein. Um, and uh, they always knew then that they had that in in the U.S., which kind of from the beginning provides this really distinct division between Yellow Submarine, the product, the film and album, how it is rolled out and taken in in the U.K. versus the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more popular, higher re- receipts and, and ticket sales. Well, some, some would say that in the U.K. The fa- the, they didn't give the film a chance in the, in the theaters. It ran a short time. This was the, uh, the fault of, of uh, the company called Rank, which is kind of odd, right? The, <laughs> the distributor uh, did not give it enough time. And um, I think they were also worried uh, in the U.K. that the Beatles were still coming off the painful experience of Magical Mystery Tour, and that any foray into film, especially one where they had little to almost no involvement directly, uh, they were worried that this would sort of damage their reputation uh, in advance of an album that they were really working on, you know, closely, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. being uh, the Beatles, the White Album, the White which album. is set to come out later that year. So yeah, July 17th, released in the, in the UK, doesn't come out in the US until November of, right. uh, of 68. Uh, when the public, according to certain uh, authors, uh, Kenny Leonard, our friend being one of them, that uh, it provided a great antidote to all of the trauma that the U.S. had suffered in 68. Everything from the political assassinations to the, uh, as many would say, the unfortunate election of Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing like Nixon and his cronies to be read as the blue meanies. (laughs) And so... Uh, it was sort of that type of uh, uh, countering that current culture, which uh, it earned a great popularity and on, on all those different levels, right? One thing great about Yellow Summary in the film is people can say you can reach it on many levels. It's like reading mm-hmm. Gulliver's Travels as a kid and then mm-hmm. as a college student, then as an mm-hmm. adult. 
And um, I'll quote Candy again, calling it the great for kids, the great Beatle gateway experience, you know, right. uh, not to get too early into any of the drug implications or references. We can get to that. Mm-hmm. But it's a great gateway experience for kids. You mentioned things like the, the drive in movie and everything else. Um, so it did originally come out of the idea of the uh, uh, of the cartoons. And in fact, some of the original script that was being run by Brian. You mm-hmm. know, he's still alive at this time, being run by Brian. Uh, for him, it, was not, um, it wasn't sophisticated enough. It was too yep. much like the cartoons. And so that's when the whole team of writers, in addition to the whole team of animators, and Ron being one of them, the whole team of writers were brought in, uh, including Roger McGuff, a Liverpool poet, to give it more Liverpudlian authenticity, the way that they used uh, Alan Owen for the screenwriting for Hard Day's Night. And, of course, who later became very, very famous, uh, this classics professor from Yale and minor poet Eric Siegel, Mm -hmm. who gave us uh, Love Story, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever you think of Love Story. (laughs) It was a big seller. But he cut his teeth, if you will, in terms of popular narrative and storytelling by being one of the writers Mm -hmm. on uh, Yellow Submarine. Well, and it is interesting that the, and I think Brian kept it away from the Beatles because they did not like the cartoons, at least not while they were happening. I mean, John lightened up and they all kind of lightened up as the years went on. Well, his first criticism is why would we want to make a film uh, from uh, someone whose only other work we know of is the Flintstones? I don't believe, (laughs) I don't believe that George Dunning uh, had anything to do with the Flintstones. He was Canadian, but his other product that had reached the U.S. was Gerald McBoing Boing. (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's an old pop culture that there, there, there's is. a podcast in and of itself. Uh, I believe maybe maybe uh, Mr. Yes can get a Gerald McBoing Boing yes. uh, or anyone who wants to do a uh, a Hanna Barbera podcast and uh, and I uh, should say that's David Yes, a faithful producer who's yes. here all the time for our broadcast. It's a pleasure to be here. There gentlemen. he is. He's uh, he's you. on the controls and doing research as we go. But that was his uh, Gerald McBoing Boing impersonation, yeah. by the way. But the, to Brian, he wanted to keep the Yellow Submarine film a business deal only to the Beatles, except for the fact that they were going to contribute a you know a handful of throwaways that they thought. And then I think the Beatles were surprised at how great the uh, the movie turned out. And and then they wondered why did Brian keep this from us, you know? Because we would have loved to have been involved, uh, but they were skeptical from the moment. Very you know? very skeptical, and uh, again, having been burned a little bit by the Magical Mystery Tour experience, um, and then completely being turned into cartoons as they were trying to move away from that, mm-hmm. they they really became they became represented almost as a theme in the film, as a, yeah, obviously as opposed to real characters or personalities, um, the initial rushes that they saw, so to speak, uh, they were impressed with the range of artistic devices, the range of artistic movements that we use and the way it was being done. It appealed to Lennon's sense of whimsy or mm-hmm. psychedelia, and, and obviously it, it featured uh, two of the original compositions for the film were George songs, so George liked it on that right. level. And uh, it was always Ringo's set piece, so he liked it. Mm-hmm. And it appealed to McCartney's sort of high art pretensions, you know, mm-hmm. the underground art world. It appealed enough there, yet it had a classic tinge of elevated Disney to it, like Fantasia. So when people started to make those comparisons, yeah. you know, it's like Lennon McCartney wanted their songs sung by Frank Sinatra. Right. So if you're a film that features you as being compared to Disney, well, then of course it's going to be mm-hmm. good, right? Pardon me, boys. Would you like to hear the Gerald McBoing Boing intro? Of course. It's 30 seconds. Here we go. This is the story of Gerald, the most amazing boy around. When other kids spoke words, he only made this sound. Gerald, big boy, boy. 
Thai art. <laughs> So uh, that may have been a good sort of warm-up short for the midnight screenings for the uh, college potheads and uh, stoners uh, when they were getting ready for Yellow Submarine. Uh, they would get a little dose of Gerald McBoing Boing. Um, but I, I have an interesting note here. Four years and 11 days since the Hard Day's Night premiere at the London Pavilion to the very day, July 17, 1968, was when Yellow Submarine opened there. So four years and 11 days. You know, Chachi, that's actually a significant um, coincidence, if you will. Um, most of the uh, um, the writers that, that I, I, I use their texts in class and, and others who have written about that moment uh, kind of refer to it as the last public Beatlemania moment in England. Right. Is the, uh, is, is the, uh, and they weren't sure if they were going to have anyone show up. Right. I mean, you're, you're, obviously, the Beatles aren't going to show up all together with fans screaming when they release Let It Be, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's an important, uh, Thank you. important moment there Thank you. for the crowds. But um, so the, uh, uh, the cartoons gave, you know, United Artists the, the idea uh, to keep this going in this format. But um, uh, Brian wanted it dressed up. He wanted a better narrative. Uh, he was impressed with uh, the different artwork they were bringing. I think it's the the artistic director Heinz Edelman who's kind of credited mm-hmm. with uh, uh, with being able to use all this different type of of artistic forms. Uh, I know nothing about it, but the term that keeps coming up is rotoscoping, ah. where they they employ the um, uh, live action sequence over animation, especially during the Eleanor Rigby sequence. What's what is amazing to me is the um, they were so focused on the White Album. <laughs> and then Yellow Submarine, the soundtrack, came out, what, six months after the film was released. And that's why, yeah, because yeah. They, they didn't want it to compete. And I think I mentioned uh, to you earlier today, Chachi, the, the liner notes for the Yellow Submarine album, as they exist in the UK versus the US, are completely different, strikingly different. And the UK version, and I've actually never seen a, a, UK, a UK copy of, uh, of Yellow Submarine. Yeah, I'm holding one right now, but it's not from the UK. It's not from the UK. So our assumptions, of course, is that from Sgt. Pepper onward, all the LPs are consistent. Mm-hmm. Not true. So the Yellow Submarine... I have to get that. ...liner notes, I th- believe composed by Derek Taylor, the liner notes are merely all promotional narrative for the White Album. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with Yellow Submarine, really. And the liner notes for the U.S., as you've got there in front of you, is a great little piece by this guy, Dan Davis, where he positions the Beatles in a historical genealogical line going back to other great freedom fighters, meaning a Beowulf, <laughs> the nobles who got King John to sign the Magna Carta, and Thomas Jefferson, uh, the you know main writer of the Declaration of Independence. We've just passed uh, uh, Independence Day, right? Fourth of July. So uh, that's always been a very fun piece to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, th- those liner notes in the back lend a lot of color and flair to the film, and um, uh, even though it's in retrospect because people had to wait until whenever that came out in January, I believe, of 69? Six months after the film. Yeah. So, And then the interesting thing is it never made it to number one in the UK. Uh, it did make it to number two in the charts in the US, and number one was the White Album. That was a great thing <laughs> about growing up in the 60s, anticipating the next Beatle release because you didn't have to wait two years in those, you know, and from 64 to 70, they just kept bombarding you with material 
And, uh, and in fact, here's a little un- unknown fact, but maybe you know it, Professor Gallant. The Beatles were supposed to do a Western called A Talent for Loving. And then it, uh, they scrapped that and they moved on to Yellow Submarine. And Brian Epstein was around for the beginning of that process, but he passed away before the film was released, correct? Well, yes. Uh, that was one of the proposals. The other film proposal, there were a couple, was <laughs> yes. that there was going to be a, uh, a new version of The Three Musketeers mm-hmm. uh, with, with Ringo as D'Artagnan. And the other was um, actually a fairly well-known uh, British playwright uh, who... <laughs> Joe Orton. Joe Orton died very tragically. A yes. very similar tortured life narrative as Brian Epstein. Uh, his play up against it, but it, it, was, not, um, it was not deemed as, as uh, 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 Beatle-type material. And, and as you know, they were, uh, they were um, first thought of um, by uh, Stanley Kubrick when it came to coming up with the gang of friends, Droogs, for A Clockwork Orange. And yeah. when the Beatles politely or flatly refused, he moved on to ask Mick and the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. And they, they couldn't do it either. So uh, maybe that's all for the best regarding film history. <laughs> Josh, you, did you know, pardon me for interrupting, sure. the t- I have the advantage of the internet on my side, but A Talent for Loving was produced, just not with the Beatles. And, ah, really? And yeah, it ended up starring... Uh, let's see, Chaim Topol and Cesar, <laughs> Cesar Romero, the, <laughs> of Batman fame, right? Yeah. And um, sure enough, uh, yeah, in 65, uh, it was offered to Brian Epstein as a film vehicle for the Beatles. It was rejected. I don't, it, I, <laughs> it doesn't Beatles say here how the film did, but I imagine it didn't do very The name well. Ringo would be great in a, in a Western. Absolutely. You know? uh, Absolutely. Of course, there's the old episode of F Troop where the character was Rongo, and he was... Oh. He was, I'm an F Troop fan. So there you go. <laughs> the other thing about Yellow Submarine is it, I think it's probably the biggest vehicle for merchandising for the Beatles. It now, seems to uh, be. now, that, again, um, holds true much more so for the U.S. And since there was already merchandising around the cartoon series, uh, King Features, King Syndicate was was ready to roll all of that out. And this is when, if, you're, if you've got your, your eyes sharp out there in the collectibles market, for um, Yellow Submarine, Yellow Submarine original release era lunchboxes, T-shirts, mm-hmm. those are very, very valuable. And uh, but the U.S. market was certainly much more ripe for the collectibles yes, coming yeah. out of the film than I the am UK. holding a Ringo and McFarlane uh, toys. Yes, right? from Mark McFarlane toys. We have one of these here in the studio to give us some feel, and then we have these little stand-up things with George and Ringo. But uh, tons of Yellow Submarine merch. And generations continue to enjoy the film. George superimposed over the Sea of Holes, I see there. Yes, exactly. It was the Sea of Holes. There they are, the Beatles, superheroes, saving the day. They're brought in a ye- to, from a yellow, in a yellow submarine to Pepperland to help save uh, the people from Pepperland from the Blue Meanie. And, uh, and they win at the end, spoiler alert. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, and then they along the way they go out. They go through the sea of holes. They sea they, of time. Sea of time, and then they run into a gentleman by the name of uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Hillary Boob, correct? P- PhD. Foot. And everything he says is in a rhyme. Is in a rhyme. And then they, the Beatles, persuade the Blue Meanies to join up and become friends. Well, they start sprouting flowers. You see, That's because uh, 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 John. Uh, uh, during the uh, sequence of this song in the film, playing mm-hmm. right now, All You Need Is Love, mm-hmm. uh, defeats the Blue Meanies' uh, main weapon. And the main weapon, Chaji, is what? It's not the Snapping Turtle Turk. It's not the Apple Bonker. Oh, I was going to say the Apple Bonker. No, it's not the Giant Sucker. David Yaz, do you know? It's the Flaming Glove. Oh, that, that, that forms itself into a fist and 
bonks everybody and Glovey. and John is able to uh, defeat the G and so the glove becomes love. Exactly. And I'm hold- I know you can't see it, but I'm holding this little box. Oh, it's- there's there's the glove on one it's, side. Uh, it's in plastic. I don't know what's in it, but it says Yellow Submarines. It has the glove on the back. I have I have no idea what's inside because it's sealed and I don't want to Because open as it. as a now you that that item is violating the uh, I almost think I always like to say the um, uh, the Repo Man Credo, but it's not. It's the Collector's Credo, right? Yes. Is that you should have two: one that you can open and enjoy, yeah. one that you keep sealed. But you only have one of those. But it's not marked. There's no Apple. I mean, EMI or uh, anything. Now, Chachi, this could be tricky because, uh, and this isn't going that far with it, but uh, Yellow Submarines were also known as what slang for what? Let's see, David. Well, I. I have no I'm idea. I'm perplexed, but I'm now I'm, I'm staring at this you box, like, wondering what the hell's in it. But yes, yellow like, sub- like yep. submarine this- submarine races back in the Murray the K days. No, yellow. Can <laughs> I get, can I guess it has something to do with drugs? Amphetamines. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh <laughs> yes, that's because right. What am I saying? See, I'm not amph- thinking drugs, David. Amph- I didn't think a professor amph- would be thinking drugs. Amph- either. No, I'm, a, I'm reading the opinions of the time, right? So that's correct. The various amphetamines available. Uh, during, I mean, I read Ball Four when I was a kid. They were greenies, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, greenies. Speed. So, but they Black all beauties. They, they came in exactly. So the point is, they came in many different colors, like Skittles, <laughs> yes, right? So, exactly. Mother's Little Helper. So, uh, Yellow Submarines were, was one slang for them, right? So and you tell me there's there's uh, LSD in there. Chachi, this is not labeled officially. <laughs> you know, does it come from Canada or Mexico uh, it's or picked up as a, a depository unknown? somewhere? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Do you like old horror movies? Do you enjoy cheesy special effects? How about bad dialogue? Well, if this is your cup of green tea, then you need to hear my podcast. I'm John O'Neill, the host of Fright Night, which you can find on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Get your popcorn ready, keep the nightlight on, and listen to Fright Night. All episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. <laughs> From pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. You're listening to Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPred. But I also brought in some other stuff. This is the uh, 20th anniversary 7-inch picture disc of Yellow Submarine. There you go. I have the 45. I have a couple of 45s. But what do your students think about Yellow Submarine? Now, well, David uh, teaches... Uh, the Beatles course yes. at Suffolk University in Boston, and yes. it's it's primarily freshmen. Yes. And um, what do they think of Yellow Submarine? Well, because I, let me just say this: yeah. my wife Stephanie, my beautiful bride Stephanie, yes, she was introduced to be to the to the Beatles through Yellow Submarine. It's the, it's the gateway Beatles yeah. experience, right? Yeah. For kids, um, uh, Yellow Submarine, along with uh, you know, um, if they have that album, then then they'll they'll also sort of uh, access the Beatles also through Ringo with Octopus's Garden. You know, everything's Correct. under the sea, and it's all very comfortable and warm and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how a lot of my students first know of it, the song and and the film. Uh, increasingly, though, I mean, from when I first started the course, almost all the students had been sat in front of the VCR, then the DVD player, and seen mm-hmm. the film. In the last five years, it's a little bit less common. Actually, even though they have more access to this, uh, so usually uh, in the fall, um, I divide the class up into four or five different groups, and so each group has to present on a Beatles film, mm-hmm. not a Hard Day's Night, because we cover that extensively in class. 
And so the group that does uh, Yellow Submarine will uh, will often be surprised by, I think, some of the production history stories. All right. But I asked them, please pick one or two sequences to talk about. And um, increasingly, they like to talk about the Hey Bulldog scene, which was not part of the original release. As you know, it came out when it was... uh, uh, when it was re-released with the lost footage, between that and the, um, they're surprised with the use of uh, Eleanor Rigby, which we had, you know, we cover extensively in yes. uh, in uh, talking about Revolver. But I think they're very caught up with the clash of artistic styles and the way that that is told and and where it appears in the film right in the beginning, setting that sense of well, the Beatles are the heroes who are going to save Pepperland and bring it back to life and give it all this color. Where where they're from, Liverpool is predicted as is predicted yeah. as drab and exactly. and you know what I love Ringo's line, you know, Liverpool's a lonely place on a Saturday night and it's only <laughs> Thursday morning. It's <laughs> one of the great lines of the film. Uh, so um, uh, they 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 really get caught up, I think, in some of the scenes that, for lack of a better term, all they can express is how trippy it is, whether they've had any of those experiences or not, especially things like the Sea of Holds experience. And the uh, uh, the sea of time, so they like that part of the narrative, and the things that are a little bit offbeat from it, you know. So um, it's a it's a good film for them to analyze because they can grab a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, well, the poor group who has to talk about magical mystery so are so jealous of the kids who get to do Yellow Submarine because <laughs> they cannot grab a hold of magical mystery tour at all. And let's talk about the album again because there's one thing we blaringly left out. Uh, is it blaringly or glaringly? I could use both. Side two. Okay, now, side two, <laughs> actually, Chachi, I've been reading more about this. Side two is one of the reasons why it was also held off. Right, because George, George Martin, Martin was, was working, working on the White Album. And I've read so many critical reviews that keep saying this is better than everybody thinks. It holds up well over time and everything else. Um, and I suppose so, right? And But to listen to it, outside of the context of watching the film. Obviously, the music as a score works great in the context of the film, yeah, right? Right. But, you know, just on its own as side two, even side one is, is, is um, in some ways, I guess, a little bit undercooked. It's a lot of time to appreciate what were considered, uh, in Ian McDonald's words, dismal throwaways. Yes. He, he talks about that regarding um, it's all too much... And it's only and only, only a northern, northern song. song. All together now. All together now, which is a great tune, which kids also have learned because it's a counting song, even though it's a little bit naughty mm-hmm. in there, uh, because the the Muppets sang it on Sesame Street. Correct. Right. So right. they didn't even sing it on the Muppet Show. That's how much kid friendly it is. It was mm-hmm. Sesame Street, not the Muppet Show, and uh, so they they know that. And um, any any band, garage band. Uh, I believe even at our uh, last event in Norwood, the band that opened, remember them? The Daughters of the American Revolution? Oh, yeah, they were great. They were great. And they chose four songs that they felt appealed to their punk thrash sensibilities, Mm -hmm. right? They did Tomorrow Never Knows. They did Helter Skelter. They did Come Together. And they did Hey Bulldog. Yes. Okay? Right. And so it appeals to that generation, Mm -hmm. you know, of those rockers. And so it's got a very, very hard feel to it. And this is something else Ian McDonald said, that that song was Lennon in one of his late Beatles period bests, that he was coming out of whatever funk or haze he was in, mm-hmm. kind of like when he did I Am The Walrus. It's that type of idiosyncratic, hard-driving, satirical sort of protest song, right? 
and that he was also sharpened up now and ready to go because that was one of the first recording sessions that Yoko was at. There you go. There you go. So those songs, those four new songs, right, mm-hmm. that they promised that they were obligated to do mm-hmm. are very different. You know, they've, they've changed a lot in how they're received over time, you know, so. And I'm holding in my hand right now the re-release, the Yellow Submarine soundtrack that came out in 1999, sans all the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. classical music, but throwing in additional songs like Nowhere Man, When I'm 64, all you need is love, and so this is the re-release I'm holding, uh, the Yellow Submarine. Yeah, it's interesting that they, uh, yeah, they they uh, um, cannibalize or cobble together. You got you got one song from Rubber Soul, two songs from Revolver, three from Sergeant Pepper. You got a magical mystery right? tour in there, and a uh, couple from there. Uh, all you and, need is right, love. exactly. Yeah. Right, and they're um, all remastered and. You know, sound a little bit different here and there. A little bit, although you'll have to remind me, I'm not exactly sure where I recall Baby, You're a Rich Man appearing in the film. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, so. it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> Maybe just a snippet, kind of like Love You Too. There's only a snippet of the sitar, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. when George shows up. Trying to make an album out of it. Yeah, 13, exactly. 13, 14 tracks. Yep. And then we also have, look at my Yellow Submarine 45 from Paris, France. Uh, with four tracks on the e- it's an EP. Chachi Ulala on the Odeon label, of yes, course. Yes, correct. Oh, right. so Yellow Submarine for No One, the B side, Ellen the Rigby, Good Day Sunshine. I didn't know B-side. that uh, for No One ended up anywhere except on Revolver on an EP. Then. Yeah, and you get some information on the back there. And we'll p- I'll post that on our pages. You can go to our Breakfast with the Beatles Facebook page, Breakfast with the Beatles Chachi. And then uh, on Twitter, we post stuff as well at Chachi Beatles. And we always uh, take pictures of all the uh, the vinyl that we play on Breakfast with the Beatles, and we send it out through social media. And then who can forget when Capitol Records had a, gr- a, a bright idea, I almost said great idea, but I disagree, uh, the bright idea of putting a movie medley 45 together with all these songs in the medley. They actually you released know, this 45. Chachi, this is, uh, <laughs> and, and Yellow Submarine is, is featured as well in, in one or two essays. Within the uh, uh, the book by Rob Sheffield, which is fantastic, great book. Okay, and he talks about how you access the Beatles as a kid growing up in the '80s and what mm. Beatles product mm-hmm. was out there, right? Because yeah. the late '70s gave us the Rarities album, which we all loved right? sure. in high school, but the '80s gave us that weird rock and roll music compilation <laughs> and real music. Yeah, right. With awful album covers. And, the artwork and, is the worst. Exactly. Right. That and the. The love songs compilation isn't bad. The artwork is the usually Richard the Avedon nice photograph, fake leather, fake leather right, gatefold style, and so um, the '80s Beatles experience is very bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange, and it's like people don't quite know what to do with mm-hmm. them in that decade, yeah. and they're rediscovered in new and interesting ways in the '90s. But the 80s are kind of a weird lost decade. Was that the decade of uh, Stars on 45 when they strung all those Beatles songs together? Yes. I was just going to say that. That was awful. And what was Sugar Sugar doing at the beginning of the song? It was very strange. Right. I'll I'll, I'll cue that up. Yeah, try to find David Yaz, our producer. Uh, And the artwork is so bad. It's just uh, Capitol Records. Oh, my God. So now, but uh, something like uh, Yellow Submarine has been consistently a Beatles touch tone. Mm Mm-hmm. Through all the other times when sort of uh, affection or interest or critical acclaim of the Beatles could come and go or wane a little bit, uh, Yellow Submarine, especially as the film experience, is a is a constant. So it was the it was kind of the disregarded um, 
uh, redheaded stepchild. Yeah. How, how horrible that term must be seen now, right? Uh, but um, uh, now is, is something that's indispensable in terms of the Beatles catalog. Now, I have the newest release of the Yellow Submarine album on CD in front of me, and I pull out the little, bo- the little book, and there it is, original 1969 cover notes. Hello, my name is Derek, it says. Uh, Derek Taylor wrote, so you, it's on the new CD. Yeah, that, I, I, that love his, I love his dispensing with it, right? Uh, One of the say, greatest yeah. writers ever, Derek right. Taylor. Derek Taylor is the press agent for the Beatles again, so when he was asked to write the notes for Yellow Submarine, he decided not only had he nothing new to say about the Beatles, whom really? he adores too much to apply any critical reasoning, by whom he is paid too much to feel completely free, and also he couldn't be bothered. Also, he wanted the people who bought the Yellow Submarine album to buy and enjoy the really wonderful The Beatles album out in the month of November 68. <laughs> so that's as much liner notes about Yellow Submarine as he gives us, which is why that uh, the, the capital, the American version, yes. is just, it, it's outstanding. It appeals to me, too, as a, as a, uh, as a consumer of, of, of English literature and a teacher of it for 30 years, to have a narrative uh, before I even had to read, let alone teach Beowulf, to understand what Beowulf was, the epic Anglo-Saxon poem, and then see it again as it was presented on a Beatles album was just was just fantastic. That and and uh, the Magna Carta as some great revolutionary document of freedom, which is really how to you know the the, the landed nobles how can they get a little bit more freedom under mm-hmm. King John? That pissant. You want to hear Stars on Forty Five? Sure, let's it's, hear it. Uh, it's from nineteen eighty one. I just I remember how bad it was. Oh, it was eighty one. Yeah, I have this album at home. A little bit of Archie. The Monkeys refused to record that track, I will add. It was first presented to... Uh, yeah, John yeah. Kirsten. And then he said, you know, screw you. I can have a cartoon sing it. They don't talk back. True story. <laughs> they refused to sing Candy Girl. I went to a wedding this past weekend in Melrose, actually. Where a former, the... former student of mine, and uh, uh, the, the uh, DJ was played Sugar Sugar. I bought this 45 at Zayers when I was a kid in Fresh Pond in Cambridge. But I, 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 bought, it at Mars, I bought it at Mars in Attleboro. I don't know if Mars, <laughs> Mars. Land beats Here come uh, the Zayers. The Beatles were not involved in this project, Brian thought, to keep them out. Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, right? Uh, it's almost like they're, they're trying anything to sort of stay with the times yeah. and stay relevant. Yeah. And this one, obviously, it worked for people who love the Beatles, but it mm-hmm. kind of misses the mark. Yes. And, it, and I recall, you'll have to remind me of the year, Chachi, where... The Beatles actually make a comeback as the Beatles with the re-release of "Got to Get You into My Life," ah, yes, which which makes it into the top five. Forty-five, I right? A, well, not the, I had a forty-five. Yes. Right, came out as forty-five. Right, and it went to the to- almost to yeah. the top of the charts. Yeah. Now, what year was that? Uh, wasn't that off the Sgt. Pepper soundtrack? Wasn't wasn't no, that the only no. good thing that came out of the no, 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 got to no. get you in. That was no, 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 no. That's that's uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire's cover, which is great. But the Beatles themselves re-released. Yeah. Oh, I see. My yeah. forty-five. I'm Let's guessing go. seventy-six, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, I thought maybe it was a little bit later. It's almost because I I'm could thinking, be later. Maybe David can yeah uh, go because there was a uh, got to get you into my life yeah. re-release. I mean, something had to cure the ills propagated by what we just heard. Exactly. You know, the stars on 45. Oh, my God. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to play that on my show at some point. I mean, point. I don't know. What would, uh, what would Sir Paul think of stars on 45? Well, I, I, we I, could ask him, We right? have a little bit of fake news here. Good Night Tonight was at number one in the disco charts. Number two was the Beatles stars on 45. Oh a little bit God. of fake news. No, I'm only kidding. Oh 
just made that up. Anyway, while David <laughs> looks that up, I have some. Let's play some Beatlemaniacs trivia. I have this game called Beatlemania, David. And every show, we ask you a question, and you see uh, if you can answer it. Oh, there's yeah. Would you? Would you, you? Before you get there, Josh, sure. you want the answer? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear. Got it. to get you into my life. First released in '66, as you Correct. guys know, on Revolver. Yep. Re-released in 1976 as part of the rock and roll music compilation from the Beatles. Um, 1976, it reached number seven on uh, the Billboard Gee, look Top at that, 100. There you, yeah. there you go. Tried to stump Chachi. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have to give all my T-shirts back. <laughs> okay, so I have this game called Beatlemania. And I pull out a card and I'm going to ask you this question. Who sang the lead on P.S. I Love You? Um, that would be Paul. That is correct, Professor Galan. Oh, That's why you're a professor. Uh, thank and, you for uh, starting David me off with not. an easy one, Chachi. Yes. So anyway, you know, Yellow Submarine, it was a classic of its time. I had never seen a cartoon like that before in 1968 when I saw it at the Belmont Cinema. Never saw anything so vivid, and it was a whole new... It's 1968, Summer of Love. It just seemed like it was a whole natural thing of what was happening at the time, and Peace and Love continues today with Ringo. Well, you know, what? What um, the other thing that I think struck a lot of people, and maybe you, Chachi, when you first saw the film, is that now you were looking at, I mean, probably differently from Hard Day's Night or Help. You saw conceptual videos of Beatles songs, mm-hmm, right? right? Things that you imagined. And this is years before that book came out, The Illustrated Beatles Lyrics. I saw that book in right? my collection today. Exactly. I was reading And up. so this was a way of, of illustrated Beatles lyrics. This is what kids might do in, in, in art class because mm-hmm. the art teachers were now hip a little bit more so, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, inhaling all that fixative in the back room and whatever they were doing <laughs> in the art departments. Uh, you can get away with it. I mean, how many you know Beatles decoupage album covers did I do in seventh grade? Decoupage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I think this was the first time you uh, kids who were imaginative like that. Um, well, if I, you know, how can my imagination visually match the imagination of Lennon in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Well, you have it. In it's amazing that they, the writers right? got it right. That could yes. have been disastrous. Right. You know, it really could have. So listen, as we wrap up today's program, thank you for coming on and listening uh, to pod617.com. Check out the other shows, too. Lots of fun. I'll be on Fright Night discussing Vincent Price and my favorite Vincent Price film, which I will not tell you. You'll have to tune in. Yes, you'll have to tune in to hear it. Fright Night, hosted by my dear pal, John O'Neill. Vincent Price, my favorite horror... F- I love horror films. I watch Sven every Saturday night at home. <laughs> and if I, I miss it, I tape it. And Stephanie goes, why are you watching that? <laughs> it's all good. David Gallant, Suffolk University. Uh, classes not happening right now? Uh, no, the uh, Beatles classes uh, starts up again in the fall. And I'm, I'm uh, 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 just uh, uh, left to... Uh, uh, ponder life in my own puddle of tears that I'm not in the classroom at the moment, but merely doing my administrative work. However, I got to meet plenty of new freshmen over our orientation period uh, who wish they could have gotten into my class before it closed. So with Mm. any luck, maybe I'll get a second section. Well, I love speaking at your class. I love bringing in the butcher cover because it freaks everybody out. Just, uh, you know, a week (laughs) or two ago, I spoke, uh, had a long conversation with Rogue Best. Yes. Out in, uh, in uh, Liverpool, opening up a Beatles museum, the Magical History Museum on Matthew Street. He's been trying to get that property for years. It opens up in the next week or two. You can listen to Breakfast with the Beatles on WUMB in Boston and throughout Massachusetts, Saturday mornings, 
6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And you can listen on WUMB.org from anywhere in the world. It also runs on Sundays, 10 a.m. to noon on Classic Rock 92.1 and 97.1 in New Hampshire and Maine, respectively. And here we are uh, with shows, all, all new shows all the time at pod617.com with our faithful producer, David Yaz. And uh, Chuch, two things. One, yes. um, as you close, I hope you don't mind me taking you out with uh, the Sesame Street version of uh, All Together Now. I would enjoy that. And uh, make sure people subscribe to your podcast on iTunes. Just search for Get Back to the Beatles on iTunes and subscribe and leave a nice comment for us. That's awesome. That's great. I don't read the comments. I get very fidgety. But nonetheless... Uh, we will be doing a lot of stuff in July. Yellow hey, Submarine. We're going to be at July 27th at the Regent Theater in Arlington, Massachusetts. Yes, and yes. you'll be on a panel that I will yes. host and moderate uh, along with you, Eric Taros, yep. and Candy Leonard. Yep. And then I'm at the TCAN Center in Natick, Massachusetts, <laughs> July 14th to 18th, with the great Ron Campbell, original animator on Yellow Submarine and all kinds of Beatle cartoons and, and so on. So... Can I mention, Chachi, this, yes. this is like this is pure Sesame Street Muppet magic here. This is before the era of the Muppet stars like Elmo. Really? Uh, yes. These are just these are just random Muppets off Sesame Street. Off the Muppets. street of Sesame 1969. Street. Nineteen sixty nine. Yes. Okay, well let's close with that. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with another great episode next time on Pod Six One Devon Pod617.com. This is Chachi along with the great David Gallant from Suffolk University, our producer and, and spiritual leader David Yaz. Thank you all very much. Make sure to check for the latest episode of Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette at pod617.com. The Boston Podcast Network.